Hi, uh, Ron Jess again. Uh, welcome uh, for Jess for 30. Another uh, very good friend of mine and uh, happy to be here in his house today. He opened it up for us, uh, Dan Mulvihill. Hi, Ron. How you doing today? Good, good. Good, good, good to see you again. Yes, sir. You too. Yeah. We have a little in common, our Michigan uh, Without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. We, Go blue, right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> That's pretty easy. Uh, Dan, uh, where were you born? I was born in, uh, well, I, I was born in uh, Gross Point, but grew up in Allen Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big difference. Uh, well, my uncle was a doctor, okay? My, so he did all the birthing for my mom and dad, and so we... Got born in Gross Point and then lived in Allen Park, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were all high, a lot of us Highland Park. The yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, what about grade school? I uh, went to St. Mary Magdalene in Melvindale. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's one out here in Brighton. Now. Yeah, right. You, you, yeah, it's when it popped up, but it's not the same one, though. No, no. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> we knew Father Dave. How? Yeah, you right. Probably knew him, right? No, no. This is long. Father Buell was the. The pastor at St. Mary Magdalene in my day from, uh -huh. the, from the Buell family. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So now they were involved in what? Uh, Buell's a big the building. Thing. The building down in Detroit, Buell Building. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He was part of that family. Was that part of the Fisher or they built some big buildings? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what did your parents do for a living? Uh, my dad actually started off as a, a truck driver for J.L. Hudson, mm -hmm. and then he worked himself up to be the very first safety supervisor for them, mm. okay? I uh, was fortunate enough when I was a kid, went to the J.L. Hudson uh, Thanksgiving Parade, oh, you yeah, know, because yeah. they're a big part of that, and then uh, after my dad, uh, when Hudson's was starting to get ready to, you know, sort of dissipate and uh, diversify and not be itself, mm. my dad worked for the State Department as a safety consultant, going into other businesses, uh, looking over if they had any safety issues to deal with, he would go in and help them rectify them. Yeah, Hudson's was really something in the, day, the days. Yeah, I going mean, downtown to oh, the Christmas yeah. display and all that well, good you know, stuff. You know my brother Bobby. Yeah, he, built, he was a builder with Pavetta and Sons yep. and the Lesters and that that family right. group Costellos. I think were involved. Yeah, Saint Agatha. Yeah, characters. That's where my grandmother. I think went to church. That was off of Grand River, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah, Beach Road. With, yeah, I used to, when I spent the weekends, I used to go to Saint Agatha's for mass on Sunday mornings with Father Reed and yeah. Father Larry, yeah. and that yeah. was uh, that was really cool because we really had, we had three parishes, uh, if you almost went, if you call Grand River and Seven Mile side right. by side, we had St. Agatha at seven, we had Our Lady of Loretto at six, and at five was St. Valentine. Yeah, right. Three big parishes. Right, you know? right. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> interesting. Changed right. a lot. Everyone was Catholic <laughs> back then, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or they wanted to be. Yeah, right. <laughs> we get in trouble for saying that. Right. I, I was golfing with a guy at Lakeland a few weeks ago, and he actually made that comment to me. Yeah. He said that, well, you, you know, Catholics feel like they're here and everybody else follows behind. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't really sit well with no. I, I told him. I said, right. No, no I, yeah. I don't, I, we weren't raised that way. No. My, my mom was the golden rule. You know, she was Irish Catholic. Her dad was Harry Madden, and they came over, Harry came over uh, when he was young. Right. He liked to drink a little too much. But, was uh, he Irish? 
Yeah, <laughs> I mean, was he Harry Madden, right? <laughs> he, he was yeah. fun. He yeah. was a fun Not that us Irish people like to have a cocktail or two. Right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of interesting for me because I wasn't really going to go there, but uh, I actually, uh, Memorial Day, stopped. I mean, I just stopped. Yeah. Uh, well... It was kind of good, you know. I mean, after so, I, I think actually with COVID and some of the other things that right. happened, and I'm not uh, embarrassed to admit it. I, I was drinking too much, and I had convinced myself if it was every couple of days or every three, and I didn't uh, just drink beer. I like Jack Daniels, you yeah. know, and, and you know. Uh, and you get in your mid sixties. That's probably not a good thing to. Yeah. Be doing. My wife says you can drink beer all you want, but stay away from the Jamesons. You're oh. not allowed to do any whiskey. Said <laughs> 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 so the wrong Irishman comes out when I do that stuff. Nine hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's like okay. No. <laughs> so I, I honor her wishes. <laughs> I actually liked it a lot. Uh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> obviously. So you graduated from Detroit Catholic Central six five six five. West, West Outer Drive. Drive, you got it. Yep. Outer Drive and Six Mile, and you know they had uh, there were there were two three things I kind of wrote down this morning and okay. wanted to ask you. Sure. You know uh, we talked earlier in your kitchen a little bit about the education, but yep. spirituality, education, and athletics at Catholic Central. Yeah. Well, know. you know, and one of the things, and I, I think. People don't understand Catholic Central unless you've been involved in it. I mm -hmm. mean, it's it's got the mystique of, you know, great athletes, which it does have. But I think what people don't realize is if you're a great athlete, you still have to be a great student. You have to be part of their, you know, teach me goodness, discipline and knowledge. Mm -hmm. That That is not changed in all the years they've been there. Mm -hmm. And what I always thought after I graduated is that, you know, Catholic Central just made you a rounded person, mm -hmm. okay? I mean, it was like going to college, to tell you the truth. I mean, you had days off, you you know, no one told you you had to do this. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you if you didn't keep good grades, you didn't stay. Yeah. And like I told you earlier, I mean, there were great athletes that got booted, mm -hmm. you know, because they thought because I'm a great athlete, I stay there. It, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You have to be a good student first there. It was always a good student first, and the rest followed. And it didn't matter if you were an athlete, member of the band, if you were member of the debate club, if you, no matter, it, it's a family there. And I don't think it's changed. Uh, my son went there, and he graduated in 96. Same thing. And it's not that the schools were offered you all these great things. Now today, Catholic Central has got all the... Oh, yeah. Tools in yeah, that. When we went on West Outer Drive, it was a four-story building with a big field in the back. A little field was, house out there. there, the there corner, where we, that's, the that was it. Team, that I was remember. it. I went there for a year. Yeah. And, uh, I know oh, what you that know. was like. And so, you know, you didn't have any luxuries. I mean, we, we would practice hockey in a frozen pond at times outside because there was, you know, you couldn't afford to rent the uh, the arenas back mm -hmm. then because it was either Detroit State Skate Club. There was one in Livonia that we practiced at once in a while. And did go, that Billy Rogel golf course? Or did they they had an ice I, arena? Well, it was, it was well. You either played at uh, you know Detroit Skate Club, mm -hmm. State Fairgrounds had the the, the arena there. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then there was one in Livonia that was an outdoor one, winter wonderland or something. Okay. This goes back 
Yeah, a yeah. long Your time 60s, ago. Uh, yeah, right, a long time ago. Yeah. You're, uh, so we were talking a little early in there again about uh, some of the football players, Marks and Massey. Yeah. You said, uh, did they both go to Notre Dame? Yeah. Both of them went to Notre Dame. Correct. And then, uh, as far as they were fantastic, I, I think All-American. I, I used to go to Greg was games. an All-American. Greg was the All-American, yeah. Was he? Yeah, he was an All-American in high school, too. And you guys played tough teams. You played Divine Child. They had some, you know. Well, ba back then, though, there was the All-Boys League. Uh-huh. Okay, so it was, what was it, Cathedral Salesian. Notre Dame, Austin, Brother Rice, Brother Rice, Brother Rice sort of was sort of the newbie in town. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so there was like six or seven all boys, and that was the central division. Okay, mm -hmm. then the other divisions I forget had Divine Child in that, and then it would be the all boys division would play for the the championship, and then in football, then they went to the uh, Goodfellow game or the boys bowl. Well, the boys bowl was always Catholic Central against uh, Brother, Brother Rice. Rice. It still okay. is today after forty some years. Is it? Okay. Yeah, so it's still uh, Catholic Central and Brother Rice. But then the Goodfellow game was the city league champions against the Catholic League. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that was the big game. Now it's completely different with the state playoffs and stuff. None of that was in existence when I was playing. Yeah, you know? it's changed. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, you had some good players, and some came after you. I, I always remember the uh, Frank Tananas and Tommy Lagarde and those guys. Uh, Tanana uh, played, you know, he pitched with uh, Ryan, Nolan Ryan at California Angels. Right. And he was, they had ungodly, ridiculous strikeouts every year. And, and then he, he came back here and pitched for the Tigers. Right. And, uh, Tommy Lagarde played for, uh, who was it, Duke or was it North Carolina? Uh, he was another. One or two, yeah, right. Yeah, and played in the Olympics. He, I remember him going, my mom was a bag teller at Detroit Bank and Trust at last year in Grand River. And he came in, I think he got a gold medal. Mm -hmm. And showed it to her, and this right. is a really good kid from Christ the King. Right, and uh, that was kind of neat. So, uh, Dan, your times playing at the University of Michigan, you played third base there. I was a catcher. Go oh, catcher. I was a catcher. Yeah, I, okay. I actually uh, was. I, I I've been blessed. Okay. Being a, a, always a good student, number one, okay? My dad said, always say, get a good education because that never hurts you. Yeah. So I was blessed to, you know, get a good education for Catholic Central. Then I got a full athletic scholarship to Michigan as a catcher. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I was blessed to, you know, my goal was always to play Major League Baseball, but... I, you know, I could have probably gone to a community college or something, but, you know, I, I talked to my dad and I said, well, if I never make the majors, I have a degree from Michigan, mm -hmm. which is nothing to be ashamed of. So I've been blessed with a good athletic background, okay, but also a great education with a degree, you know, graduation from Catholic Central and a degree from the University of Michigan. And I think that's helped me do what I've done in life with my family and my businesses and stuff like that. No, that's great. Yeah, my wife is a U of M graduate. Okay. So, yeah, she went yeah. to Michigan State for a year, and I think the last time, Rob, we were joking, maybe you didn't see it. I had Michelle, so, you know, she's a hard one, as you know, right. to come after. You're right. following my wife yeah, through okay. here. Right, yeah. Everybody likes her. Right. She's, she's a good lady. Right. I mean, we we fed 200 and some contractors yesterday in Livonia at Macomb Group, 
and they came from Johnny Green and they came from Ford Motor and Chrysler and Detroit Diesel and, mm -hmm. and we just feed them uh, we flip burgers and dogs and we get the Costco cake and she makes her own potato salad she sits For up 200 at people oh yeah, yeah wow yeah wow uh, a few weeks before we had fed Terrace, where one of the people I, I'm a manufacturer's rep right ate in Coolidge they're next to WWJ we did the Taco Bell. We did all the same things for them, and it's kind of something we we like to do. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it, it feels good. It right. Feels better for us. Yeah. You know? Right. You know how that is. Right. How that works. <laughs> yeah. Who did you marry? Uh, I married. Uh, her name was Kathy Ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually met Kathy um, after I was out of college. I met her when I was 24. Um, one of those. Uh, I met her on a blind date. She was uh, through a friend of mine, okay, his girlfriend. And when I met her, I just said, you know, and it didn't, it wasn't instantaneous between the two of us, uh. I'll say that. <laughs> but I did say she's the one, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just celebrated our 47th anniversary uh, this month. Uh, Congratulations. You know, found uh, the right one. We've got uh, two children, Danny and Carrie, okay, and uh, two great-grandchildren, uh, twins, a boy and a girl, Connor and Alexis. So I've been blessed with a great family, too. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we have 44 years yeah. uh, this year. And, uh, and it's sort of unique in this world to be together that long. Yeah. But, you know, when you find the right one, I think you know that. Well, we, we, we were kind of lucky. It was in the, I think there was a little of that Italian-Irish thing. Okay. Her mom is Italian from Youngstown. I'm going to tell you a quick, cute little story yeah. about Kathy. Kathy, you know, she never thought she was Irish, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and she used to, every St. Patrick's Day, we the Mulvihill Hill group would be, you know, at the at Stout at the time. We'd have her little corner and that. Mm -hmm. And then we did the 23 and Me, okay? Oh. She got the results back. She ended up to be 40-some percent Irish, okay? Oh, and so all of a sudden, she now is like, now that I'm Irish, okay, uh, uh -huh. she feels really good. She likes celebrating St. Patrick's Day and that, but she she never would hesitate to go with us. Yeah. But it wasn't the same knowing that she didn't know. She thought she was uh, Italian and Indian and that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she had 40% Irish in her, okay? And so now she's truly an Irish person. That's so weird you say that. Michelle was a DeGeneva. Her okay. mom's from now Youngstown, Ohio. Right. And the dad's off the boat. The grandpa's off the boat. She, same thing happened. Yeah. She, she, her dad was from the South. They thought he was a, from a bunch of horse thieves down. Yeah. But he was a colonel in the Army. Yeah. But she ultimately became, you know, or, or win that 23 May, same thing. Same thing. Well, yeah. Kathy's dad was from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And her, her grandma, you know, was last name was Kent, but no one added the two together, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, but when the 23andMe came out, it was like, okay, she was all happy though. She's part of the Irish clan now. So you guys go up to Black Lake. Uh, you know, I'm familiar when we were kids, the Rourke family from St. Agatha, yeah. I don't know if you remember, Ganskys. Oh, the Ganskys, very right. well. Right. Yeah. yeah, very well. Gansky. Al was one of my favorites. Kind of a wild group. And oh, yeah, but Al was one of the best hunter fishermen you ever wanted to see. His picture's still in the 211 bar with you know, <laughs> the sturgeon. Yeah, the 211 <laughs> bar, right? yeah. Oh, he caught a big sturgeon. Well, you, yeah, it's like uh, it was over six feet, 130 pounds. And what do they do? They go out at night. Do they use uh, no, bow, it's, bow and arrows? Well, and the spears. Okay, but, but it's only, you're only allowed to fish for them now. It's the Sturgeon Festival. It's the first weekend in February. Uh, it, it's, it's sort of fun. They got a beer tent out there, and they get, like last year, they had 
over, I think, 500 some people registered to do the sturgeon fishing. I mean, there's shanties all up and down the lake. Lake's, you know, 10,000 acres. But, uh, you know, and then the first six sturgeon, once they're caught, it's done mm -hmm. for the year. So it's really a sort of an interesting thing that, you know, all these people are fishing for them. And if you catch them during the year, you're not allowed to keep them. And I've never caught one. I mean, they're, you know, they're bottom feeders. So you, and they can get old. I mean, you're talking 50, 50 years, years old. old. And yeah. I was, I was actually three years ago was fishing the drop off and black Lake is, um, it's, it's really shallow and sandy for about maybe a quarter to a half mile out. Then it drops off. There's a big drop off. So I was fishing right at the drop off. I was anchored and I'm sitting there in the morning and all of a sudden I see this huge fish just on, right at the, on the sand about eight feet deep. And you know, I, I know water magnifies things in a sense, mm -hmm. but this was just huge. I yeah. mean, it had to be at least six foot long and mm -hmm. you know, at least this wide, yeah. but it was, it, it just meandered and I got dumbfounded instead of grabbing my phone and taking a picture, I'm sitting there mesmerizing. And by the time I realized I should be go get my phone, <laughs> right. take a picture, the damn thing had already gone by, you know? Well, you enjoyed it. Anyway. Oh, it was fun. I, at least I seen the big one. Cause you hear them flopping all the time out there. Well, how'd you get into Black Lake? Where, I mean, the family up well, there? Yeah, well, when I met Kathy, this was in 74 I met her, okay? She had been going up to Black Lake since she was like three or four. Mm. And her mom and dad lived on the lake for 25 years or more. And so when we were married, the, we used to go up there with the kids and that, and we just fell in love with the lake. It's uh, cold. I, I do remember. Oh, it gets swimming, cold. It's cold swimming in that lake. Well, does it ever warm up? Well, yeah, because it's shallow. It, it, the shallow warms up to about 75, but then you go in the deep end. It's 50 foot deep, you know, okay, in the yeah. holes there up yeah. there. But it's a huge 50 foot. It's, it's a big lake. But, you know, so when we, the kids got grown in that, then we started to rent. We rented a cabin up there from Harmon's for about four or five years. And then we just said, you know what? It's a good time in our life to have a place where we would have the time to enjoy it. Because mm -hmm. if we'd have bought it when we were younger, kids were involved in soccer, gymnastics, never had any free weekends in that. So we finally bought a place up there five years ago, and it's been nice. really nice. Okay. We did that same thing, Dan. We bought with our daughter, Christy, our oldest daughter, on Houghton Lake. Yep. And about eight years ago, and same thing. Now we have time to enjoy. Yeah, it. you know, and before, I mean, you have people up there. They're up there two or three weeks out of the year, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, Kathy spends the summers up there. We leave it open year round, mm -hmm. and so we go up there for deer hunting. I, we go up there, you know, every once in a while in the winter time, about every three weeks, and it's no one's there, and it's like a winter wonderland. Nice. And then the sturgeon festivals in February, and you know, then you get ready for regular. I don't do any ice fishing anymore. It's it's. it's too cold. cold. Too cold. That's why we go to Naples in Marco Island. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so let me, all right, let's get to your uh, your passion, your life. I mean, your career has been real estate. Yes. So tell me about how has that gone for you, Dan? Well, you know, it, it was sort of, I'll give you a, a quick overview of, you know, when I got out of college, I got my real estate license, okay? And I did it for about two and a half years. And what I say today is that I wasn't a good realtor at the time because I wasn't disciplined enough to go to work. 
Mm. I mean, your real estate is you are your boss. I mean, even though you work for a broker, you're an independent contractor. And I did it. I made some money. Mm. But it was like, uh, you know, this is, you know, it wasn't, I guess, I was too, I want money now type thing. And real estate is sort of you got to build for it. I mm. mean, and, and we'll get to that in a second. Then I got in the trucking business, okay, for eight years. So I was uh, with a, a small company called Destiny Delivery Systems. We, you know, were... Bill was probably in his 30s. I was in my late 30s. I mean, we started with one truck mm. and one account TV guide. And then we built it. Uh, we were delivering in eight states. We have five terminals. We had 52 national shippers. And but then my family, the kids were born in that. And I was never home. Were you still at Brighton, though? You lived no, in no, we, I, we were living out in uh, in uh, 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 White Lake Township at the time. Okay, we moved to Brighton here in '84. Mm. So, but it was like I, I decided, like you know, this ain't for me. I mean, I I've got kids, and it was either I'm going to be married to the trucking business or I was going to be married to my wife and family. So I decided to get out of it. Okay, mm -hmm. and when I did that, I got back into real estate. Okay, and then I was able to get my broker's license at a very quick pace because I had already had three, two and a half years and enough deals to put it together. So I got my broker's license. Uh, started with Carriage Trade Realty and then, uh, you know, got involved with Remax and then was a partner with Remax All-Stars. And then that sort of, we split apart in 2001. Then I went over to real estate, uh, uh, one in, in 2005 or six, I think it was. But I think I've been successful because the trucking business taught me how to be a business person, okay? And when I got back into the real estate business, that's exact. I set it up as a business, okay? I, I wanted to say, you know, how do I market myself? And, mm -hmm. and I, I was never one to do what other people do, okay? You go to all these seminars and, you know, make these cold calls and that. So I got involved in the community. Nice. The chamber, Selkra, coached, and it was sort of, that's how I got to meet people, and that's how I got people to know me, mm -hmm. okay? Everything in business is sort of name recognition. And I, I came up with a philosophy that says, you know, like I was telling you earlier, the only, the only asset that I own is my reputation, okay, in this business, because everything else that I deal with is other people's properties, okay? So I said the, the most important thing to me is my reputation. I will never do a deal that would jeopardize that. I have the same thing, and I think even no matter what business you're in, I think it, that's it doesn't it. matter. No. Wherever you go, it's following you, and uh, it's a it's a small world that's shrunk down a lot. And, yeah, uh, you know, we, we, we talked to our kids about that, you know, when they were growing up and when they got yeah. into their careers. Yeah. So 08, 09 was crazy. I mean, yeah, there, was, was, that was that was the one that I mean, on a personal uh, note, I'll just speak to this. 0809 for me was three things. Uh, we purchased um, a piece of property up on M59 for $30,000. A guy had come out here then and he told me, he was from the Far East Side, he said, there's nothing happening out here. I said, really? I said, no. He says, there's nothing going on. He says, I'll sell you that acre and a half, two acres on M59, you know, up in Heartland area for uh, $30,000. Well, I checked around and the state of Michigan was wanting to widen M59, so they gave us 110,000 within about nine months. Nice. 
Yeah, that was nice, but here here wasn't so nice. So right at about the same time, this was then it got into be 05. That was a little before. Then 05 hit, and I, I then we're buying at a premium. So we bought an acre on Boyne Mountain uh, on the fifth hole of the monument, and I bought it for 120. Well, with by when 08, I tried to sell it almost right away. I knew this right. was not going to be good. And it was too late. By when 08 came around or 07 it started, I was right. being offered 30 grand for something. I just paid 120,000. Yeah. You so know, then, the bad thing about I just yeah. bad thing about that. Mm -hmm. in, in we face the same things, uh, but if you talk to the, your lenders in that at the time, mm -hmm. next quarter is going to be big. And maybe they didn't know either, but it was always just hanging there, you know, another quarter. Because yeah. it, but it never did. Yeah. And it just kept going worse. And in 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 the business, it was really tough from a listing standpoint because the curve was going so far down, you could never catch it. Mm -hmm. You really couldn't. Yeah. I mean, you'd have a listing here, yeah. but you were still way off the mark, and it was tough because. People were used to getting this, and the toughest thing for a seller to say or hear is that your property's not worth that, okay? Yeah. And, and, and I think everybody learned from that experience is that, you know, you try to, but that was, that, was, that was a tough curve to even predict or stay with because it just kept sliding down and down. Then they're upside down. Right. And that created the short sales, which was oh. another mess. Dan, I would go to Powerhouse and I'd see Father Dave in there. I'd see Cullen Finnerty and yeah. I'd see a Roger Butler and a lot of these buddies we'd see. Mike Gallagher, an attorney, a prosecutor yeah. from Howell. There were a lot of really cool people who went there. And I'd be in the in the uh, sauna in there at that time and reading the Argus or the LCP, whatever it was at the time, but you know, there would be four, five pages. whole pages, and and guess what? I won't name them, but all of a sudden I'm looking for my buddies, and you oh, know yeah. what? I'm seeing my friends in their homes, and I'd get home every day, and my wife would say, "What'd you see there in the paper with the foreclosure?" No, it was. I said I saw this person and this person, no. and this, and it was sad. You know, it really was. These people are really well. Here's here's what down, I didn't like about hard. that. Okay, is that instead of helping people stay in their house, they kicked people out and sold the houses then for twenty to twenty five percent cents on the dollar. Okay, yeah. and you can't tell me that they couldn't have kept someone in their house for fifty cents on the dollar, readjusted the mortgages instead of having all these bad mortgages. I and I know there was probably. A, a numbers game for that, but if they would have done something like that, and I, you know, I'm just this is me talking, you know, but yeah. if they could have kept people in their houses, it would have kept values much greater. Because how long did it take us the ones that were able to keep their house to, now, to now recover? Right. Well, yeah. you know, but yeah. a lot of people couldn't keep them to recover, and so if they would have come up with a better plan instead of kicking somebody out and then selling it to somebody else for less dollars, mm -hmm. okay? Bringing the values down. Bringing the values down for everybody yeah. that still had their houses, yeah, right. okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's, so it was sort of like, 
God, couldn't there have been a better way to do this? I'm but, sure there and was. I don't know, there should have been, but I, I think not everybody could have stayed in their house because I, that was the time is that you, you had no dock mortgages. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you afford a $400,000 house? Sure, just you know, say this is what you make. So people were getting loans, mm-hmm. mortgages, and then you'd go and say, well, we're gonna give you another $75,000 line of credit. So people were saying, oh, this is great. But then when times got tough, guess, guess what got tapped? That line of credit. So now when you're doing the, the short sales, now you had a first and a second to deal with, okay? So it was not a fun time to be in the real estate business. No, I'm sure. It wasn't and, fun. And it's a strange time now because it's a seller's market, I believe. Interest rates are climbing up to 7%. Right. And guess what? Your inventory is not great. No. I mean, because, only because we see it. Well, no, it, 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 it's, it's not. It's the inventory, and I don't think it's going to be better. Here's another thing. They did all these refis at 25 to 3%. Mm-hmm. So who's going to sell if their mortgage is at 25 3%? There's no inventory to buy. And why am I going to take on and mortgages just hit 8% I heard today or oh, yesterday, God. 8%. They, yeah, okay. Yeah. Why would so why mind? would I do that? Mm-hmm. And the only things that's happening to, to do business right now is either death, divorce, <laughs> or people moving out of state where they have something. And that's, and that's yeah. I'm just not that joking. Kind of stinks. But that, yeah. that, that is exactly what we're happening. Yeah. And I think the market that's still going to stay all right is the higher end. Because people that have money still have money. Mm-hmm. And I see that moving still. What's happened in that 250 to 400 range, people that could afford that now because the interest rates are kicked out of that market. And there's no inventory really to speak of be- below 250 or 200. Nah, not, not in Brighton. Not in Brighton. So you have to, you can't live out here to do that. So we're losing about 70% of our buyers, so to speak, because that market's not that they couldn't afford it at one time. It's being taken care, care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your time on the Brighton Board uh, Chamber, that's great. You're, I know, uh, you you know what, that, like I said, that's one of the things that I'm still involved in. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, it's part of the community. I, I, you know, it's, Rob's on, 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 it, on it with us and that. It's always been, I think, one of the, the, the main things, okay? You know, mm-hmm. you know, the events that are put on there. I mean, it, it, and really the chamber is truly for the community and the business people. And I think if people realize from a business standpoint, and this is not really a chamber promotion, but it's a true thing, Mm -hmm. the services that you can get through the chamber, I'm talking about insurances, everything else for small business people, Mm -hmm. second to none. Really? Second to none. Yes. I'm going to join, actually. I am. Well, there you join. go. See? You got Pam, new, though, I just got, you got a new member. <laughs> <laughs> Since we promoted it, though, I'd like a discount yeah, on yeah, it. Right. Yeah, right. Right. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, we had Peter Janopoulos on, and he's so funny. We had him at Lakeland. He's, yeah, right. That guy is super. I mean, I, right. I, I love Peter and his family, and he, he's, he's just funny. Right. But he kind of got jammed here, and, and I was wondering what the chamber thought about all that. I mean, that four businesses probably went out of business on that I know of, at least on Main Street yeah. after COVID. Yeah. Then Grand River shut your main artery. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this once before with Peter, actually. Right. And when I talked to him, I, we I didn't mention it to him when we did that interview. Rob, what was interesting with Peter. I had talked to him the day before he had to move out. 
let me tell you, his language that day was way different with what he had when right. we did the, and, and he, I don't think he'd be offended me saying that, but he was really not happy with that deal. Well, it, it, and I, I, I don't know too much about, you know, uh, what created, what I heard is that the infrastructure had to be done with the new apartment complexes being put up. They got Lindbaum gonna have another 144 units put out there. Mm -hmm. The infrastructure for the sewer and water was not big enough to handle all that. Mm. So that had to be done. Was okay? there federal money in there? Or I, I, I have no idea. Oh, I, but okay. I, I think the timing was probably poor. They didn't plan on you know the timing of it. I think they probably could have did a and I don't know, but it just seems shutting it all down could have been done a little different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they had everything tore up. I mean, you couldn't walk the sidewalks. And I felt bad for the businesses that were able to survive. They couldn't have made any money. Well, there's a nice steakhouse that went up. We know the Churesco family, Dan. Yeah, right. I'm sure you know those guys. Yeah. Great people. And uh, you, can't, you can't get a reservation over there right now. It's a beautiful steakhouse and a beautiful building that's been empty for a few years. Yeah. But uh, I think we're kind of wrapping up here. Oh, the yeah. pickles. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, sweet. That's, this is, <laughs> well, they're not sweet pickles. No, no, I, but I remember when close. I came over to your, you, in Michelle's house, you, you showed me them. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't well, know this that. This is a surprise. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's getting harder for me to uh, do these things. I don't know. It's that arthritis in your hands, yeah, huh? Pretty much. Too much football and baseball. Yeah, and I'm hearing you. Ball. Yeah, these are, uh, these are like the tradition. We call them the... GD, uh, garlic dill. Uh, okay. Uh, also, we call them the greatest pickles on the planet. So, Thank see you. what you think. Mm. Those are great. You like them? I do. I you know, it's, it's, they've got a great taste. Um, and I think they got a crunchiness to them, which is, I hate pickles that are just mushy. Right. Okay, can't be mushy either. No, that's a plan after and 20 years. I, I would give that a nine and a half. Oh, well. You know, nothing's perfect in life. I've got to try harder. Yeah, that's right. I want that half a percent next. John, I did this to make you try harder, right? That's the story of my life. I swear to God, it's been, uh, you know. All right, like I'll give him a 10, okay? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. We'll take the nine and a half. Okay, buddy. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank this was you. Fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah it was I appreciate fun. it. It's good to be with a pro. Well, thank you. Thank you.